Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, leadership and social issues. We want to engage in ideas and what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, please visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Dr. Philip Fletcher here with the Humanity Matters for... Sunday, February 6, 2022, we are here to engage and discuss ideas related to faith and philosophy, leadership, and social issues. We want to engage in ideas and with ideas wherever they come from so that we can discuss how each one of us can move forward towards human flourishing. Thank you for joining me tonight. We're going to talk about some Conway news, some Arkansas news, and then we're going to talk about free speech. Free speech. Free speech. How much can you say? What can you say? Who gets to determine what you can and cannot say? Should you apologize for what you say? I don't know. We're going to talk about that tonight. So, Just to kick things off, please connect with me on any of my social media outlets, whether that is Twitter, over on Facebook, Humanity Matters. You can look up Philip Fletcher on YouTube, as well as the World Wide Web, philipfletcher.org. If you go to philipfletcher.org, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter that comes out on Sundays, Daily Personalist Living and Leading. I will not spam you. You'll get an email from my helper you'll get it once a week something encouraging questions for you to think about to help you on your week so connect with me i would greatly appreciate it hey if you want to support what i'm doing jump over to patreon for as little as five bucks you can get access to content writings audio sometimes video all right that you won't see here on facebook or over on youtube so jump over to patreon for as little as five bucks a month Greatly appreciate it. Catch the podcast. The Humanity Matters podcast comes out on Mondays and Wednesdays. Good content, a reflection and thoughtful thing on Monday. And then if you miss any aspect of this show, it replays on Wednesday. So connect with me on there. So, you know, some good things going on, right? Next week is the Super Bowl. So we've got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got? Who you got? Pro Bowl happened today, right? Tried to watch some of the Pro Bowl yesterday. Uh, kind of the skills types of events. It was all right. It still doesn't measure up like to the NBA, right? Saw this movie Moonfall last night. Me and the queen went out to a movie. Moonfall was interesting. I gave it like six and a half to seven Moonfalls, right? So... Uh, it's directed by Roland Emmerich. He's the same uh, individual who brought Independence Day and the second Independence Day, you know, Will Smith Independence Day. So it's an end of the world type event. It's got a crazy twist in it regarding the moon. So go check it out. It's a good popcorn movie. It's a good, you know, blow up, 
type movie. Got some good laughs, all that good stuff. So, you know, go check it out. In fact, yeah, you can take teenagers, kids to see it. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. Again, it's got an interesting twist to it regarding the moon and everything. So check that out. Check that out, Moonfall. All right. All right. So we are going to dig into the news today. Hey, if you've got a question or comment, you can comment. Rolling live on Facebook. And if you got a question on anything that we're talking about tonight, give me the question. If I read your question and I post it, it's a good question. I'll give you a t-shirt. Hey, want to give a shout out to Frontline Jiu-Jitsu MMA. My friend, Ryan Stevens. If you're a veteran, first responder, he's got a great, great group that happens on Saturdays. Downtown Conway connect uh, with Ryan Stevens. Uh, I've been there. Great time to roll around on the mat, do some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and discuss things that impact veterans and first responders. So, big shout out, Frontline. All right. Thank you very much for the cup. All right. So, let's talk about Conway News. Conway News. So, first up, and this is coming from... All right, make sure, always make sure to tell you my source. This is coming from thecabin.net. So if you live in Arkansas, or if you don't live in Arkansas, uh, the local newspaper for Conway, Arkansas is a law cabin Democrat. Uh, so that's who does our news. All right, and then we have the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, which is the statewide paper. So this is coming from the Rose Rowland campaign. All right, February 5th, 2022. Rose Roland, Roland runs for Conway, Mayflower's new house seat 54, all right? And so this is submitted by the Rose Roland campaign, and they write, Rose Roland, Faulkner County Justice of the Peace, announced her candidacy for the newly drawn Arkansas House District 54. This new district comprises Perry County, a large portion of southwest Faulkner County, eastern Yale County, and northern Saline County, all right? Here's a quote from Miss Rowland, or excuse me, Justice of the Peace, Rose Rowland. Put some respect on it. Quote, I am excited to announce my candidacy for this district because it combines areas of Arkansas that I cherish. Rowland said, it would be an honor to have the opportunity to serve the people of District 54, where I have deep family roots in both Faulkner and Perry County. I know a lot of great people in this area and cannot wait to get a chance to meet even more. So, more people are announcing about to do this run thing. Again, it's political season. It's what I call the silly season. A lot of different things are going to come out. A lot of things that are not important in the off year are going to be all of a sudden made important. But nonetheless, Rose Rowland, she is running for Arkansas House District 54. Now, she is... I don't know what party she's in. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can piece it together. Rowland continues. Uh, quote, since being elected a justice of the peace uh, for Faulkner County, I have a proven conservative record. Okay, so more than likely she will be running as a Republican. During my two terms, we have worked to increase government transparency, fought against unnecessary government expansion, took steps to prepare our county for a future that does not involve raising taxes, 
backed our law enforcement and passed a resolution declaring Faulkner County pro-life county along with an ordinance declaring Faulkner County's commitment to uphold our Bill of Rights in the United States and Arkansas Constitution. Pause. It's a shame that somebody, that the quorum court has to pass something like that. But anyways, continuing on. Rowland's quote. I will practice these same conservative principles as your state representative, and I humbly ask for your vote in the Republican primary in May 2022. Close quote. All right. So, there you are. So, if you're independent, if you're libertarian, if you're Democrat, if you're Republican, you live in District 54, there's someone to consider. I ain't going to tell you who to vote for. Reach out to Rose Rowland. Hey, ask her questions. She'll be there in the primary. That's coming up in May. All right. So again, that's coming from thecabin.net. All righty. Thecabin.net. So moving on. If you live in Conway, all right, have you voted? Well, no, you haven't. <laughs> well, you haven't had a lot of time to vote because, you know, we had the ice coming, right? And so two days of early voting was lost because of the ice, all right? Now, what am I talking about? Right now, there's a special election going on, all right, to vote. Got three questions to answer. One, to re-up a bond. Two, about the approval or disapproval of building a community center, aquatic center. And then thirdly, approval or disapproval regarding some soccer fields, right? So you got three questions you got to answer say yes or no to, right? The last day of early voting is tomorrow at the Faulkner County Courthouse. Again, historically, voter turnout is low in special elections. Especially when we have an election coming out in May, the primary election. Why did it stick it there? Hey, I have no idea. Nonetheless, tomorrow... Monday, February 7th, is your last day of early voting if you are a citizen, excuse me, let me be more specific, if you are a registered voter who lives within the Conway city limits, all right? So if you're a registered voter who lives within the Conway city limits, you are eligible to vote in this election. Last week, I did a whole run-through of what uh, these three things covered. I highly recommend you go. You can go to my podcast and check that out, Anchor.fm or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Look up Humanity Matters. Nonetheless, tomorrow's the last day for early voting. And you can go early vote at the Faulkner County Courthouse, which is downtown, right? If you don't know what the Faulkner County Cor- Courthouse is, right? It's on Locust. It's the one that's got all the veterans' memorials in front of it. Right? It's the one they put the cool little Christmas lights. It's right next door to the fire department. Right there. It's across, right down the street from where you go pay your Conway Court bill. I know people know where that is. Just a little north of there. So, go. Early vote. Alright? Now, election day will be Tuesday, February 8th. Now, You're not going to go vote at the Faulkner County Courthouse if you vote on Tuesday. Hear me out. If you vote on Monday, you go to the courthouse, right? If you don't make it tomorrow, then march your happy butt, Conway citizen, 
down to either the McGee Center or the Don Owens Center, right? Take you before you go to work or your lunch break or you tell whoever you're working for, hey, I need to go vote, right? March your happy tail. You got till, I believe it's 7 p.m. or 7.30. Somebody can check me on that, please. All right, march your happy tail down to the Don Owens Center or the McGee Center and vote. Either vote for it or vote against it. But either way, get your tail up and go vote. If you are a registered voter who lives in the city of Conway, and if you don't take your tail down there Monday or Tuesday, thank you, Laura Wiles. Thank you very much. Let me post that. All right, so on Tuesday, 7.30 to 7.30, either at the Don Owens or the McGee Center, right? Thank you very much, Laura. Early voting tomorrow only. Tomorrow's the last day of early voting, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. That's at the Faulkner County Courthouse. Tuesday, Don Owens or the McGee Center, right? If you are a registered voter in the city of Conway and you live in the city of Conway, march your happy tail down there Monday or Tuesday and go vote. Don't be complaining you didn't go vote. If it doesn't pass and you didn't go vote and you thought the idea was great, Keep your mouth closed. If it passes and you didn't like it and you didn't go vote, keep your mouth shut. It's really that simple. Set aside the time. Instead of going to the coffee shop, take that small amount of time and go vote. Go vote. I don't care. Vote. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Simply go vote. All right. So there's that. There is that. All right, moving on. The state news. So this is coming from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. All right. And this was posted by Will Langhorn today at 3.53 a.m. That man was writing. He was hustling. All right. Headline. COVID. Know what that is? Dang it. Now I'm about to get a warning from Facebook because I said the C word. Dang it. <sighs> Anyways, COVID, chronic underfunding, pose ethical dilemmas for Arkansas public defenders. Subheadline, swell of cases, low funding, raised system, ethical issues. Again, published by Will Langhorn at 3.53 a.m. this morning. All righty. So, let's do a little deep dive into this. This is what he says. Unprecedented caseloads are pushing already strained public defenders in Arkansas beyond ethical standards. Okay. The increased workload spurred by the coronavirus pandemic. So there's obviously a correlation between the coronavirus pandemic and the increased caseload. Okay. So take that off has laid bare long-standing flaws in how the state pays for attorneys 
when criminal defendants can't afford them. All right, so this is about paying folk. Okay. Public defenders from Fayetteville to Little Rock are juggling up to four times the number of cases they handled before the pandemic. While court suspended trials to slow the spread of the virus, new defendants continue to enter the system, swelling the case files of court appointed attorneys. Now, question. There was a John Hawkins study that came out this past week that saw basically that lockdowns were ineffective and actually contributed and created more problems that we're now dealing with. Again, that's a John Hawkins study. Look it up. So we're talking about what's going to be the impact on children. What's going to be the impact on child development? What's going to be the impact on children education? We already know the impact on the economy and inflation, right? Impact on mental health. Now, the judicial system. Moving on. So the article continues on. A recent legal opinion on attorney workloads in Arkansas raised concerns among public defenders about the ability to provide effective counsel in the face of current demands. All right. Uh, Brian Miles, a public defender based in Jonesboro, he is quoted as saying, and I quote, it scared all of us because we know that none of us are in compliance with that ethics opinion, said Brian Miles, a public defender based in Jonesboro. Continuing on this quote, there's probably not a public defender in the state of Arkansas that's in compliance with that opinion, close quote. But rising workloads are nothing new for the court-appointed attorneys, according to Greg Parrish, executive director for the Arkansas Public Defender Commission. Uh, Mr. Parrish is quoted as saying, we've had a mounting caseload for over 10 years, he said. What has happened, like everything else, COVID has shown a light on all this, close quote. Question for any of y'all that's running for state representative. All right, let's set aside felonies. Let's set aside violent crimes. Okay. How many laws are on the books that y'all state reps could do away with that would not necessitate someone who needed to have an attorney How many of those laws could y'all do away with so y'all could stop babysitting Arkansans? What if you just had the laws that were just focused on violent crime and those laws where people are taking other people's stuff and all those other laws, those babysitting laws, what I call them, and I could list them off. What if y'all just did away with those? Would that relieve some of the pressure that some of these public defenders are facing? I'm just asking. I'm just asking a question. That's all. Moving on. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Mr. Langhorn continues on. The resulting overload data show is threatening a constitutional principle affirmed by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1963 that all people, regardless of income, have the right to capable criminal defense. Okay. For thousands of Arkansans unable to afford attorneys, 
This right is in jeopardy. For the rest of the state, an ineffective public defender system means siphoning funds away from local initiatives and a criminal system mired with stalled cases. Again, what if you stopped overwhelming the system with individuals who are not committing crimes against other people, physical crimes or taking their stuff? What if the system simply focused on those who are trying to kill people, assault people, domestic violence, harm against children, and stealing people's property? What if we just focused on that? How much relief would you give public defenders? Well, Philip, what about the other stuff? Well, that could happen in small claims courts, that kind of stuff. And then some stuff, I'm thinking like, Vehicle issues, speeding, that kind of stuff. You know, some people want to fight traffic tickets and all that. Really? So, uh, continuing on. Uh, the article talks about felonies, so I reference that. So I ain't talking about felonies, right? And we can get a whole discussion about drugs. All right. Uh, in 2020, public defenders depended on nearly $410,000 in additional funding from Pulaski County. All right. These funds were critical in paying the salaries of a couple of inspectors and staff members, according to Bill Simpson, chief public defender. In the past six years, Simpson has asked the county to help pay for at least two contract lawyer positions and one public defender. All right. And continuing on. There is a graph here, and it says extra county spending on public defender offices and indigent services in 2020. All right. The subheadline of the graph, at least 26 counties in Arkansas paid for public defender expenses in 2020 that the state was statutorily responsible for. Despite the voluntary aid from counties, many public defender offices are struggling to meet the demands of rising caseloads. So... Top on the list was Benton County, followed by Washington County, followed by Pulaski County. Uh, Faulkner County is not on this list. Uh, Benton County, $938,531, followed by Washington County, $643,609, all the way down to Hot Spring County, $1,000. All right. Okay. So there that is. So, that's at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette headline, COVID, Chronic Underfunding Pose Ethical Dilemmas for Arkansas Public Defenders. So, you can check that out at ArkansasOnline.com, the writer, Will Langhorn. That's a pretty thorough article, though. Long, thorough, a lot of good charts and all that kind of good stuff. Hey, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher, and this is Humanity Matters for Sunday. February 6, 2022. Again, you can connect with me on any of the social media type outlets. would greatly appreciate it. All right? If you have a question, let's tackle it. Let's tackle it. I love questions, right? We are here to discuss ideas, engage with those ideas on what it means to flourish as a human being in our society. And no ideas off the table. All right. You know how some people have safe spaces, right? This is not what that is. This is a 
dangerous space. All ideas are entertained. All of them. Every last one of them. Why? And this is how we're transitioning to this idea about free speech. And this country that we live in, this this liberal idea, and I don't mean liberal from the political sense of those on the left, progressive Democrat type, right? I mean, this liberal idea, right, of one being able to say something typically that would more so be in the dissent category. The freedom of an individual or individuals getting together to say what it is that they want to say. Right? And even more importantly, when it's directed at the government, whether that's at the local level, state, county level, state level, or the national level. Okay? I am one who holds the absolute free speech. Right? Now, I got it. You should think before you speak, but go ahead and say it. Just know there's consequences to what you say or don't say. If you're discussing an idea, I want to hear the idea. Lay out your argument. Give me your points that back up your argument. Give me a conclusion. And then let me be like, uh, no, yes, I got some of that. I'm going to take some of that. I'm going to leave that other stuff around away. You know what I'm saying? So here's a thought to get you thinking. So this is coming from On Liberty by John Stuart Mill. John Stuart Mill, great writer, uh, utilitarian type. And he says this, and I am quoting from John Stuart Mill. All right. Quote, when there are persons to be found who form an exception to the apparent unanimity of the world, on any subject, even if the world is in the right, it is always probable that dissenters have something worth hearing to say for themselves and that truth would lose something by their silence. That is beautiful. Right? Dissent is a beautiful thing because if a dissenter if his or her voice is silence, truth could lose something. Even if, summarizing what John Stuart Mill is saying, even if the, the group is right, even if the, the nation is right, to silence the dissenter, truth loses something. Because there may be something that the dissenter is saying that is valuable to everybody else. Okay, so in this age, this time period that we're living in, we're hearing these words like misinformation or disinformation or conspiracy theory or that individual needs to be what is called canceled or deplatformed or what he or she said made me feel some type of way. Right. Or words are violence, whatever that means. Ideas and words that are communicated, especially when it runs counter to 
what it is you are holding to or whatever group you choose to affiliate with, it runs counter to what that group holds. That dissenter may actually be holding just a kernel of goodness to help what it is you believe, the values you hold, the ideas that have you. It could be your opportunity or that group's opportunity to do some introspection, to look at whatever idea it holds, he or she holds and be like, hmm, I didn't think about that. I didn't consider that. We need to consider this. It's important moving forward that each of us discover within ourselves why it is we are bothered by a dissenting opinion or a counter idea. Carl Jung said that your irritation with the world actually has more to do with yourself than the world. There's something going on within you as to why what you have heard irritates you so much. So what are we talking about? Let's get some examples, right? Unless, you know, you just don't check into this kind of stuff. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was suspended from the show, The View, that shows on ABC for comments she made regarding what happened in Germany. And you know what happened in Germany during World War II regarding the Nazis and the Jews. All right? And... Whoopi Goldberg has this perspective on race. Essentially, when she thinks about racism, she only thinks about black, white. And I can see how you could arrive at that because how we are as a country dealing with racism, we typically just couch it in what white people do to black people. We don't ever couch it in, and that's racism. Never is it racism when blacks do something to a, a black person does something to a white person on the basis of his or her skin color, or when an Asian person does something to a, oh wait, check that. Or when a black person does something to a person from uh, Asian descent on the basis of their ethnicity, or when a native American does something to a black person, or when a native American does something to an Asian person, none of that is racism. The only time it's considered racism is when a white person does something to a non-white person, which racism, anybody can be racist. I have the capacity to be a racist. Just like I have the capacity to be sexist. Just like a woman has the capacity to be sexist. See how that goes? Nonetheless. So, why am I bringing this up? Well, in Washington, D.C., while our elected leaders continue to fumble about and do whatever it is that they're doing, all right, the Republican National Committee 
chose to censure two of their own because of their participation in this whole committee commission regarding what happened on January 6th of last year. All right. Now, I am of the firm opinion that was not an insurrection. That was just a bunch of fools who lost their mind, right? They went into their taxpayer-funded house. Yes, they did. Taxpayer-funded building, right? Hey, we even had a guy from Conway who was up in it. Wow. Anyways, those individuals, quote-unquote, went into the Capitol building, right? Or were let in, depending on who you asked. And, you know, they trashed the place, kicked their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's table, and, and so on and so forth. A young lady died. Another cop died. Ashley Babbitt was her name, but nobody ever talks about her for some reason. And then another cop died as well. Uh, I believe it was a heart attack that he had. Nonetheless, so out of that, this whole commission has happened, right? Now, the Democratic Party has framed this as an insurrection, all right? I don't know how you do an insurrection with no weapons. You're in the most heavily protected place in the United States. I don't know how you overthrow the government with no weapons. I, I don't know. But anyways, but they keep calling it an insurrection. And, you know, Biden in one of his speeches, a threat to democracy and our constitution. And I'm sure he's going to talk about that again next month when he does his State of the Union speech, right? So the Republican National Committee, and this is coming from ground.news. Again, I get my news from there. And they aggregate news from the left and the right and the center, right? You can get all of it. So I'm pulling news from the left, and then I'm going to pull some news from the right, right? So we're going to go alter.net. That's from the left. And then the hill as well. That's the right. And then Breitbart. That's real right. All right. So look at this. So Brett Bachman, who also writes for Salon, he posted this today. The Republican Party on Friday Friday officially censured two of its members, Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, for their role in investigating the January 6th Capitol attack and the events leading up to it. In its resolution, which we will read in a second, the Republican National Committee also declared the riot, all right, so they call it a riot, all right, whose stated goal was to delay the certification of President Joe Biden's electoral victory as, quote, legitimate political discourse, close quote. Now, so here we go. So Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, both uh, representatives, they have a dissenting opinion. They have a different opinion than their Republican family members, if you will. They have chosen to participate in with the Democrats to figure out what happened. Okay, right? So, again, absolute freedom of speech, but there are consequences, right? So, what does the resolution say? Now, I'm coming from the New York Times, all right? And they have posted the entire 
um, resolution, and I am going to post that here, and you can read it. All right. So, <clears throat> it's titled Resolution to Formerly Censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and to no longer support them as members of the Republican Party. Woo! Man, that's like, that's not just like, we're going to smack your hand, but like, <laughs> y'all the little stepchildren over there. Go sit over there. All right? So, this is what it says. Let me get a drink real quick. And this is what it says. Whereas... The primary mission of the Republican Party is to elect Republicans who support the United States Constitution and share our values. Whereas the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress have embarked on a systematic effort to replace liberty with socialism, eliminate border security in favor of lawless open borders, create record inflation designed to steal the American dream from our children and grandchildren, neuter our national defense and a peace through strength foreign policy, replace President Trump's Operation Warp Speed with incompetence and illegal mandates. Uh, Operation Warp Speed refers to, you know, the creation of the vaccines in relationship to COVID. Dang, I'm going to get that label. Oh, anyway. Uh, continue on and destroy America's economy with the Green New Deal. Whereas... Winning back the majority in Congress, including the United States House of Representatives, in 2022 must be the primary goal of the House Republican Conference and requires all Republicans working together to accomplish the same. So, pause. So, part of this censure has a political, well, yes, it's politically motivated, right? They want to win back the House, right? They've outlined, like, the Biden administration and Democratic Party they are doing a, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, right? We're not going to adjudicate all that today, but we're just laying out what the censure says. So going on, continuing on, whereas the conference must design the conference referring to the RNC. So anytime you hear conference moving forward, they're referencing the RNC. The conference must design the strategy to stop the radical Biden agenda and retire Nancy Pelosi, tasks which require that all Republicans pull in the same direction, whereas the conference must not be sabotaged by Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who have demonstrated with actions and words that they support Democrat efforts to destroy President Trump more than they support winning back a Republican majority in 2022. Whereas Representatives Cheney and Kinzinger have engaged in actions in their positions as members of the January 6th Select Committee, not befitting Republican members of Congress, which include the committee's disregard for minority rights, traditional checks and balances, due process, and adherence to other precedent and rules of the United States House, and which seem intent on advancing a political agenda to buoy the Democrat party's bleak prospects in the upcoming midterm elections pause so 
they are summarizing that the reason for this January 6th select committee is because the Democrats are going to have their, have them, they're going to lose big this coming November. All right. Whereas congressional Republicans bear ultimate responsibility for their own success or failure and the RNC supports their efforts by denouncing those who deliberately jeopardize victory in November on which the future of our constitutional Republic depends at this critical moment in history. Whereas representatives Cheney and Kinzinger purport to be members of the Republican party. And whereas representatives Cheney and Kinzinger are participating in a Democrat led persecution of ordinary citizens. Here's where all the hubbub happened, right? Nobody paid to nothing else. No attention was paid to nothing else in this whole thing except the next three words. All right. Again, let me start from the beginning of the sentence. Whereas representatives Cheney and Kinzinger are participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse, and they are both utilizing their past professed political affiliation to mass Democrat abuse of prosecutorial power for partisan purposes. Therefore, be it resolved that the Republican National Committee hereby formally censures Representatives Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois and shall immediately cease any and all support of them as members of the Republican Party for their behavior, which has been destructive to the institution of the United States House of Representatives, the Republican Party, and our republic, and is inconsistent with the position of the conference. So, again, dissent. Is there any grain of truth, Republican National Committee, that Adam Kinzinger and Representative Liz Cheney are offering? This is simply a question. What the Republican National Committee has done is says, you know what? Y'all go sit over there. We're pulling all our endorsement power, all our money power behind you. You just got to figure it out on your own. All right. You want to align with the Democrats, then you got to figure it out on your own. My question is this. Did the RNC produce like a letter of commendation for Joe Manchin and Cinema? Because, you know, they've been aligning with the Republicans. And I wonder, did the Democrats produce a censure letter against Manchin and Cinema? Because they've chosen not to go along with the 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 Green New Deal, or no, the infrastructure package. And everything that's associated with that. Nonetheless, this is what I'm trying to get to. So, how is it that you can, or how is it that gatekeepers, or those who have power, how can they silence people? Well, here's a way. We're going to pull any type of support. You're not going to get no financial support. We're not going to send people in to help you campaign or anything like that. You are like starting from square one. We're going to put the screws to you. We're going to make you feel this financially. We're going to make you feel this in terms of reputation. We're going to make you feel this. 
Now, again, what's the sticking thing? Cheney and Kinzinger do not believe that what happened on January 6th was legitimate political discourse. All right? Well, it's just by implication. They, they don't hold to that. For the RNC, they are, are, are asserting that because of their participation in this uh, January 6th select committee, they are aligning with the Democrats who think it was a riot or an insurrection. All right. So that's from the left. All right. They said it's a riot. They've described this as a stunning statement of support for the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol in more than two centuries. That's a lot. That's a lot. I think I remember the War of 1812. Anyways. And and the furthest anyone in the party has gone in endorsing the tactics of the attackers who injured hundreds of police officers, caused several deaths, and racked up millions of dollars in damage. All right. I have a question. I wonder if they thought the same thing of what happened in 2020 across the country and all that stuff that was happening. Were those riots, the deaths that happened, the destruction of private property, or does it only count when it's against the government? I don't know. So moving on, the Hill reports, all right? So we're still in this vein about freedom of speech, all right? We're still here about freedom of speech. Is what happened on January 6th political discourse? Did they come there to talk about politics? Were they set up? I don't know. Is what happened in Atlanta and Minneapolis and Los Angeles and Little Rock and all of that stuff here in Conway, was that legitimate political discourse? What is legitimate political discourse? Who gets to determine it? And if you don't meet that particular group standard of the appropriate discourse and the right and correct things to say, are you just ceremonially removed? Hmm. No. So, what does McMasters have to say? So, headline from the Hill. Okay, uh, Ola Fahiman Ocean. Sorry if I'm pronouncing the name wrong, but it's from the Hill. Headline, McMaster pushes back on RNC, calls events of January 6th illegitimate political discourse. So, yes. Now, we've got one group who is announcing the, the idea, the belief, that what happened on January 6th was legitimate political discourse. You've got on the other side someone who is saying, no, it's illegitimate political discourse. Good. Let's have the discussion. Let's lay it all out there. Let's define our terms, right? And then from there, let us 
go back the last three years and look at all of these different events that have happened in our nation and and objectively answer the question, was that legitimate political discourse? I mean, from January 6th, I mean, the stuff that's happened led by Black Lives Matter or not by Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the stuff that happened in Minneapolis, Atlanta, what happened in Portland, what happened in Little Rock. The mayor down there is trying to figure out why all this stuff is popping off. Like, let's find, let's let's have the discussion. What is legitimate political discourse? Because we can't answer that question if we're silencing people. We can't answer that question if we're just locking people away. We can't answer that question if when someone comes up on one side and says, yes, I believe that's political, legitimate political discourse, someone rises up on the other side and said, oh, you just want to just overthrow democracy. That may not be the case. So McMasters goes on to say, Former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster in an interview on Sunday pushed back on the Republican National Committee saying the events of January 6th amounted to illegitimate political discourse. Quote, it was, it was, it was an illegitimate political discourse because it was an assault on the first branch of government. McMaster said during an appearance on CBS's Face the Nation. And so I think it's really important for us to come together now, Margaret. McMaster's told host Margaret Brennan. And, you know, I really think it's possible to improve the transparency and the security of our elections while ensuring that every eligible voter gets to vote. Okay. But in order for McMaster's, in order for us to have that discussion, and I want to zero in on the last thing that McMaster said, while ensuring that every eligible voter gets to vote, there's a group of people that says, hey, we want to determine who's an eligible voter. But there's people on the other side that then say, oh, you're being racist. Oh, you're trying to suppress the vote. Or, oh, you're trying to hold people back so they can't participate in democracy. Somehow, we have to be able to have the discussion, engage with the ideas, have all those ideas at the table without financially punishing people, alienating people socially and professionally, or using ad hominem attacks like you're just being a socialist or a communist, or you just want to see the, the down throw of democracy. You just want to bring in such and such. There's no way we're going to be able to get to this solution of transparency and security so that every voter who is eligible can vote. We're not going to be able to get there if every idea is not allowed to be communicated at the table. And then from there, we go through a process to determine which is the most appropriate idea to be implemented. Hey, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher. We're talking about freedom of speech today. Humanity matters. If you got a question or a comment, hit me up. Hit me up.
Let's continue on. Again, about speech. So I talk about Whoopi Goldberg, Kristen, Sen- uh, excuse me, uh, Representatives Liz Cheney and Representative Adam Kingsinger being censured. Right? What's happening with Joe Rogan? That's a mixed bag. If you don't know what's going on with Joe Rogan, just look it up. Right? You've got what GoFundMe, which has caused me to think about some things with GoFundMe. But anyways, GoFundMe, um, money that was raised for truckers in Canada that they're not going to be able to get that money. Right? I know that's Canada, but still, people spoke with their dollars to support those individuals and all that money is getting refunded. So as I close, some of the questions I've got in regards to freedom of of speech is this. Again, what is legitimate and illegitimate discourse? The second thing is this. What is the appropriate way to address one's grievances as it relates to a private individual versus the government? Because I read in the Constitution, the first Bill of Rights, the freedom to assemble, And to take one's grievances to the government. McMaster said, hey, this is an attack on the first branch of government. Well, here's the thing about bringing a grievance. Using my freedom of speech to bring a grievance. You're not supposed to feel comfortable. You shouldn't feel comfortable. You shouldn't. Again, when the dissenter brings information to another party. I'm echoing again, John Stuart Mill from his book on Liberty. It is always probable that the dissenters, this dissidents have something worth hearing to say for themselves. And that truth would lose something by their silence. When the government acts, colludes with private entities to label certain things misinformation or disinformation, when the government works with private entities to remove certain individuals or certain information because it does not line up with what the government wants to be put out, Everybody loses. Here's the other thing. When you hear a statement or an idea or a a belief that runs counter to a to a statement value or belief that you hold dear, it's okay to investigate it. It's okay to put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, 
and be like, huh, I've never heard of that. Or ask yourself, why does that statement bother me? Let me dig into that a little more. It does not mean you have to adopt it. Hearing it does not mean you have to adopt it. Hearing it does not mean you have to accept it. Hearing it does not mean that you give support to it. But you, me, every swinging individual that comes into this world has the natural right. He or she has the agency to speak his or her mind. That's one of the beautiful things now about America. We're supposed to have the freedom to speak our mind, the freedom to write what it is that we want to write. But that does not mean you're not going to be criticized. That does not mean people are going to be like, yeah, I don't think so. But that also doesn't mean that you should lose your livelihood or be socially alienated. Some things to think about. Now, I think self, well, what about freedom of speech like in a religious setting? Again, like a religious setting, you have a, that religious group has values and beliefs, a worldview, right? That gives that religious organization shape, right? Now, you can, again, you have the freedom to say something, right? But you also face correction, okay? You face the possibility of being censured, so on and so forth. And then you have to make your mind up what you want to do. There may be something right, but on the other side, right? That religious institution needs to be like, huh, we didn't consider that. It's okay. It's okay. It really is. This is how we grow. This is how we mature. This is how we become better individuals. Now, if your idea and the communication of your idea comes with it, physical violence, then your idea is weak. The words that you've got to say are weak. If your idea or your belief is accompanied with ad hominem attacks and diminishing an individual, depersonalizing them or dehumanizing them, your values, your beliefs, your ideas, they're weak. They're impotent. They're not persuasive in the least. If in order to hold up your values and beliefs, instead of doing the rational and intelligent engagement in discourse, that you just say, hey, you know what? Get out of here. There's no place for you. We are pulling our funding from you, right? I don't know. 
maybe what you believe and the idea you hold is not as compelling as you think it is. But nonetheless, I support your freedom to say it. Support it. I do. So, hey, this has been Dr. Philip Fletcher with Humanity Matters 4, February 6, 2022. Thank you for joining me on tonight. I hope you have learned something. Hope you learned something. All right. Again, if you got a question or anything like that, you can always email me at arrowmakerar at gmail.com. That is arrowmakerar at gmail.com. There's that email right there. Email me. I love questions. I'll take them. All right. And as always, connect with me on social media. All right. We greatly appreciate it. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, over on the World Wide Web, philipfletcher.org. Become a Patreon supporter. All right. Go on to Patreon. Look at my name. All right. And check out the podcast coming out Mondays and Wednesdays as well. So, as always, remember to be love and to be kind and to be generous and courageous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Phil Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.